This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. A new research project in British Columbia is aiming to build an inclusive labor market. The new inclusive economy comes together by Inclusion Powell River. Project manager Lenny Goggins is here to tell you all about it. Hey, Lenny, thank you so much for making time to be with us today. We're grateful. Good morning, Dave. How are you? I'm well. So let's start here. Before we get into how you're going to solve the problem or how you're going to grapple with the problem. Let's talk about the problem itself. What is the landscape in regards to the labor market for people with disabilities in the province of BC? Yeah, so our BC stats are pretty old. Uh, So we tend to rely on Stats Canada, so national numbers. So across Canada, the participation rate for people with disabilities is 59% versus 80% for people without disabilities. And so it's it's similar in BC. Um, We have 25% of our population identifies as having a disability. So uh also lower participation rates and so that's um that's sort of what what inspired this project so tell me a bit more about the goal of the project how are you aiming to start bridging these gaps and putting people into employment and meaningful employment Yeah, so with the new inclusive economy project, it is a research project. And so we're asking employers about their practices of inclusive employment and their structural conditions. So instead of going and asking a a bunch of employers who who don't really employ inclusively uh, what their challenges are, we feel like we have a pretty good grasp of what the challenges are on the employer side. So instead, we've asked employers who already find themselves inclusive, and then we'll have a set of practices that we can share with with any employer who's interested in inclusive employment. How many employers are you expecting to reach out to? Do you already have a a fairly wide net that you're going to cast? Yeah, so, so far we launched a survey that was open for three weeks and we had around 100 employers participate in our survey. And then uh, we're hosting focus groups, interviews, as well as touring BC with the findings. So we we hope to reach, you know, in the hundreds of employers across BC in every sector and in every region. What does the time frame look like from doing the survey to doing some focus groups? And then in terms of actually synthesizing that information, what is what does the time breakdown look like? Yeah, so we'll be conducting data collection between now and the spring. And then during the spring, that's when we'll start to share out what we're finding with other employers to see how it lands for them. What was the enthusiasm like for some of those employers who ended up uh, reaching out to you and and taking part in the survey? Did, Did they seem eager to do so? Did they seem eager to participate? Yeah, so I think employers who are already champions of inclusivity are definitely willing to participate and are really um, stepping up to lead here, which is excellent. Uh, We ourselves are an inclusive employer as well and work within the social enterprise realm. So we had a lot of really great response from those working within the social economy, as well as uh, in the conventional competitive labor market. I, I want to pull something from the website here on the project's website, describing it as capturing alternative economic approaches to inclusive employment. I, I think it's maybe a bit self-evident in your last couple answers, but why the emphasis on the word alternative there? 
Yeah, that's a really great question. So we um, are asking about structural conditions because we think that inclusion isn't just a matter of policy or practice. It's also a matter of where uh, employers are situated in the economy. And so we have a hunch that when your structural conditions are focused on the well-being of your employees uh, to the benefit of society uh, or planet, that there may be um, more uh, alternative approaches within that structure to to create more equitable uh, workspaces. So we know that there's a really robust social enterprise um, uh, sector across Canada, and that that sector has has put inclusion at the forefront rather than it being an afterthought uh, or a trendy tokenistic decision. Um, and so that's that's uh, why we're trying to emphasize that as well. One of the words that I'm oftentimes uh, slamming the table uh, utilizing when we're talking about employment for people with disabilities is the word meaningful because so many times you used it in your last answer, the expression sort of token where you'll say, oh, you know, we've hired a person with a disability and they're in this one little role over here in this corner and then there's not necessarily room for them to grow. There's a clear glass ceiling inside the company. So how much is underemployment ending up going to be a focus here or, or talking about what it means for employment to be meaningful for people? Yeah, so just from our survey, which closed on October 31st, we were, were tracking indicators of inclusion. And what the survey results showed was that of the 60, 65% of respondents, there was a, a position for a person with a disability in leadership. So we consider that a, a very strong indicator. And it really speaks to... Um, if you have positions of leadership for people with disabilities, if you're if you're disability led, that you will likely be more inclusive, and so it it really speaks to that whole well being piece of of your employees, not just um, having a, a single position designated. I don't know if that really answers your question. I, I mean, no, no, I mean, I, th I think it does because that because that implies pathways, right? It implies that if there's yeah. a leadership role or a management role where people with disabilities have lived experience can say. I'm in the decision-making phase on the forefront. It, it means that you're not going to be uh, buying HR softwares or accounting softwares that are inaccessible for employees with uh, disabilities because a person who's actually signing the paper to make the purchase is going to say, wait, I can't use this. I don't want this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Lenny, I know the work that you guys are doing is really, really broad, and there's going to be a lot of best practices pulled out of here. And as you say, there's phases to this. Is there a way that people like me can uh, follow along with the progress you guys are making and maybe uh, ways in which they can stay in tune about some of those focus groups or finding the uh, findings as they get synthesized? Yeah, so we have a newsletter on our website for that very purpose because we'll be releasing information as it comes. Uh, it's an iterative process, so things will change as we learn. And so the newsletter is at newinclusiveeconomy.ca. And then, of course, we'll be putting out press releases every time we have uh, a new sort of piece of the research to share. Lenny, we're so grateful for the work that you and your colleagues are doing. Thank you for uh, getting up early for us today. And let's stay in touch and keep us posted on the progress you're making as the research continues. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for your time. That's Lenny Goggins, the project manager for the New Inclusive Economy. You can learn more by visiting newinclusiveeconomy.ca. That's newinclusiveeconomy.ca. 
Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.